Has the MVP train already left the station or can Luka Doncic still catch a ride? Because dang. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can watch us right now, hanging out here after Luca just goes off. An incredible night for him. Isaac Harris is off tonight. He is hanging out with his family, and I am here to break down this Mavericks win, 125 to 118. And yesterday, Isaac and I started the podcast talking about how the Mavericks are fun. Like this Mavericks team has become pretty fun now recently, and ever ever since the start of their win streak, really, this Mavericks team has become a lot more fun. They play a little smaller. They're finally hitting their threes. The best team from three in the NBA since January first, and Luka Doncic is extremely fun to watch right now. We you know we woke up yesterday saying, "Dang, I wish there was a Mavericks game today," and here there was tonight a Mavericks game, and Luka Doncic does not disappoint. Goes into New Orleans, drops forty nine points, should have been fifty, should have been fifty one again. He should have tied his career high, but he misses two free throws late, like literally the last two shots that he takes in the game were free throws with about. Uh, with not much time left on the clock. How much time was left on the clock? It was like 37 seconds or something. It was like 20 seconds or something. And Luka misses those free throws. But Luka Doncic is just incredible. <laughs> There's no one that could stop him in this game. Herb Jones tried his his dangdest. He could not get any, anywhere close to stopping Luka or even slowing him down, really. He finished with four fouls. Jackson Hayes came in there to try and help defense a little bit. He had five fouls in 26 minutes. There was just no one. They didn't even try Brandon Ingram on him, really. There was no one else that could really even try on Luka. He could just get anything he wanted in this game. And the only times he got stopped were when he stopped himself, missed a shot, missed some free throws, missed some shots at the rim, things like that, got frustrated. There's just little things here and there that Luka had that stopped himself. Luka is on an absolute tear recently. And in his last four games, (laughs) this is via Mavs uh, PR, last four games for Luka, 41 and a half points a game. 12.3 rebounds a game, seven assists per game. Uh, Just about 48% from the field and 46% from three. Tonight, he shoots seven of 14. He's 50%. So, Luka finally hitting his threes, killing it from the field, getting a bunch of boards and just taking those boards on the other end and scoring. 41 points over the last, (laughs) a game over the last four games. Mark Fowler took that and took it to another level. He said, Joel Embiid is the only player this season with a better five-game scoring stretch than what Luka Doncic just did. Luka scored 199 points over his last five games. The Mavs three times, you know, Embiid has had 202 points in a five-game stretch back in January. So Embiid, the only one, he scored three more points over a five-game stretch than Luka. Luka having an absolutely crazy stretch. It's obviously... 199 points is easily the best five-game span of any Maverick in Mavericks history. Luka surpassed his own of 186 points over a five-game stretch a year ago, back in 2021. 
So Luka now, the, the most points any Maverick has scored in five games, killing it over this last stretch here. And then if you take it to the last 10 games, he's absolutely dominating there too. Last 10 games, 35 points a game, 10 boards, 10 assists, 50% from the field, 43% from three. What is it with Luka right now? We've touched on it a little bit here and there. But Luka's back in shape. Luka can play and he can get to the basket when he wants to and he can push and he can use his strength. He can have his little quick first step, all that kind of stuff that he was missing at the beginning of the season. It's back for him. It's back and obviously the three-point shot matters, but how much does his legs matter in the three-point shot as well? You got to think about that too. Beginning of the season, a lot of his threes were short, right? He's missing, you, you watched it, Luca just missing these threes short, the step backs. You know, that step back takes a lot of lift. That step back shot, you're, you're not just shooting a three, right? You think about a catch and shoot three where you're just stationary, maybe you hop, and then you throw up a three. Luca taking the step back. I mean, he's going even farther back, leaning back at some points. That takes a lot of lift. That takes a lot of leg to get that shot to a certain point. And you have to be in, in pretty good shape to be able to get those shots off. Not, not many players can do it, right? James Harden you know, is, is, was in, you know, I guess pretty good. <laughs> Maybe that's not the, I mean, that's not the great example of a player in shape, but James Harden was conditioned the way that he, you know, he should, but it's, it's probably one of the reasons why James Harden was always super tired at the end of seasons, right? He spent the whole season shooting all these step back shots that take the extra, you know, lift, getting to the free throw line that takes the extra contact, all that stuff wears you down. And Luca's getting to the point right now where he can continue to do that. And he can do that night in and night out. And, Play a, play a ton of minutes, 38 minutes for him in this game tonight. The Mavericks were without a bunch of players, but Luka uh, made up for it, <laughs> for sure. He took 35 shots in this game, 12 free throws, only had five turnovers. That's huge. He was, a, he was plus minus. He was a plus 21. When Luka was on the floor, he dominated. He dominated the ball, but he also dominated in the game too, which is what you want. And I've seen some people reach out to me. Uh, my friend John on Twitter said, I was unconvinced, but now there is no doubt in my mind the Mavs are better without Porzingis. That's what a listener John sent to me. I'm not sure I'd go there. Definitely seems like Luca is on, is, you know, is, is taking over. He's back in shape. It's, it's, it's one of the two things, right? Either everything's just coming together for him right now. The conditioning, the athleticism, the shape, his three point shots falling, or he's feeling more free. After, you know, since Porzingis is gone. Or, I'm going to throw a third one in here. He feels more of a responsibility. I can't just, you know, go sit and say, okay, well, it's Porzingis' turn. He's supposed to be the second star. He should be able to carry the team for a little bit. He feels more of a responsibility on this team to go do what Kobe did. Go do what, what LeBron has done. Go do what Harden has done. Go do what KD has done. Take over. Take over in moments and score a ton, right? Like, just absolutely go out there and score against teams that you can score against. And that's what he's been doing. ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out. Luca is the fourth player in NBA history. Get ready for this. Anytime you're mentioned with this player, it's, it's a good stat. Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Walt Bellamy, and Luca, the only players in NBA history with, 45, with multiple 45.15 rebound, five assist games in a calendar month. Wilt Chamberlain was the last one to do this in January 1966. 
1960, the Beatles were still together the last time this happened. Multiple games of 45 points, 15 boards, and five assists. That's a center stat. <laughs> I like to have that many rebounds, to have that many points, and the five assists, Luca has had more than that. The last time since the Beatles were still together that this has happened. That's crazy. That's crazy. What, it's crazy what Luca's doing right now. And in these first segments, you know, I, I, I am the channel manager for the channel. And so I teach people to give them a takeaway, give them something to walk away with. And I'm, well, you know what I'm giving you to walk away with? Luca is awesome. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about that to get you to think today? Luca is incredible. He just went on an insane streak where he scored more points in the last five games than Dirk ever did, than any Maverick in the last, you know, in, any Maverick ever did. It's incredible. It's incredible what he's doing right now. It's fun to watch. It's making this team fun to watch. And Isaac sent me something that was interesting today. He sent me a picture of the the Harden team with Chris Paul and Capella and Tucker and Ariza. And he's like, this is kind of the style the Mavericks are trying to play right now. And I said, it is. I thought, I thought about it a little more. And the style that they're playing is, is like that. And we'll, we'll do a whole pot on that for sure next week. But the style that they're playing is like that, but Luka doesn't dominate the ball as much. Yes, he had 35 shots. Yes, he took 12 free throws. Um, but he doesn't dominate an ISO as much as Harden does. Uh, Harden, it was like his only, it's like his only gear. And he couldn't do the ball movement stuff. Luka in this game, there was some really good ball movement at times in this game. And Luka is okay to share it. He's gonna get the ball back for sure. And if he's gonna play with Dinwiddie, who we'll talk about in the third segment, then Dinwiddie's gonna get the ball back to him for sure at this point. But uh, the Mavericks are able to do both of those things, and it's and it's awesome. And it's awesome to see the Mavericks winning in ways like this. And it's awesome to see Luka doing what he's doing right now. Coming up, Luka had an incredible game, an incredible, awesome game. However, he was not tonight's hot man, the hot player. Hot player. He was not the hot player. And I'm going to tell you who that was in this game against the Pelicans. And then we'll talk about where the Mavs stand at the All-Star break now. Talk about both of those things coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football is over right now, but basketball is in full steam. We've got the All-Star break coming. They have all kinds of All-Star game props and lines and odds. They have the dunk contest we've been talking about over the last couple of days. But they also have more stuff. They have the All-Star game MVP. Ooh, Giannis, plus 400 is number one. LeBron, plus 500 is number two. Then you have Embiid. You have John Morant, Steph Curry, and then a little bit of a gap. Curry is plus 800, and then Luka is plus 1,200. That's interesting. Who's the lowest one? DeJounte Murray plus 8,000. <laughs> Chris Middleton plus 8,000. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns plus 7,500. Wiggins plus 6,600. Gobert plus 5,000. Gobert, what would have to happen for Gobert to win the MVP in the All-Star game? I don't know. But if you want to put some money down on Luka, you can. Go ahead and check it out. BetOnline.net. It's BetOnline where the game starts. All right, Isaac. That's for like five people out there that get them. That's a joke. The Dallas Mavericks get a win. Luka Doncic was absolutely incredible. Gushed about him entirely in the first segment. But he was not. The Dirk Nowitzki honorary. Hot man, the hot player. Hot player. The hot player goes to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, 23 points, six assists. He shot 61% from the field, 75% from three, and 100% from the free throw line. That's better than Luka's splits right there. <laughs> he was the hot player. I thought that his his shots and him being able to hit, hit shots consistently, score off of Luka, the secondary stuff we're seeing from him is just at a high level right now. He's exactly what they need. 
We find yourself in this game watching CJ McCollum on the other side. Now, he went off. He had a really good game, too. He had 38 points on 26 shots. But you start looking at it and say, man, is CJ McCollum doing anything that Brunson can't do? He pulls up from three a little bit more. CJ McCollum does. CJ McCollum can pull up from the mid-range a little bit quicker than what Brunson can. Brunson's got to get into some stuff, and he's got to feel some herky-jerky rhythm stuff. But... But I don't know if C.J. McCollum is doing much better than what Jalen Brunson is doing right now for the Mavericks if C.J. McCollum was on the Mavs. And that's more of a testament to Brunson than it is an indictment on C.J. McCollum. Brunson has been awesome. Brunson has been really great as that secondary scorer. He's really filled in that role, and it's been incredible to uh, to watch him fit this. I was looking at some stats earlier today, cleaning the glass. Cleaning the glass does a great job of looking at you know, statistics and taking out garbage time. So time when it's just random players that don't matter and taking out heaves. So like anytime somebody throws a half court shot, that doesn't matter. They take that shot out, which is helpful in the long run to make numbers look more accurate. And I was looking at some of these numbers and I (laughs) texted Isaac. As I was looking at numbers today for lineups and the lineup with Luca, the two wings in Dorian and Bullock and then Dwight Powell. So essentially part of the Mavs starting, starting group that they've had over this, this last stretch. That group with Brunson, or that group with Tim Hardaway Jr., let's say. So it's it's Luka and Tim Hardaway Jr. as the guard spots. Dorian and Bullock with Dwight as the center. That lineup is a minus 24 net rating. So they are getting outscored 24 points per 100 possessions. That's bad. That's awful. That's a terrible lineup right there. So that lineup with Luka, Hardaway, the two wings, and Dwight Powell. Now, they played at the beginning of the season when the Mavericks weren't playing well and all that kind of stuff. You got to remember it. You take that same lineup, though, and put Brunson in it. So basically the Mavs starting lineup they've been using, um, you know, when Bullock was in there, plus 29.4 net rating. It goes from a minus 24 to a plus 29 in the net rating. That's a swing right there. That is, what is that? That's a, uh, (laughs) that's almost a 60, no, that's a 55 point swing over 100 possessions. That's crazy. That's an insane stat right there that the Mavericks are that much better with Brunson in that lineup. And it just goes to show how good that lineup is with Brunson. This is the starting lineup that the Mavericks have been using. Luka, Brunson, Dorian, Bullock, and Dwight Powell. That lineup has been really, really good. Bullock did not play in this game. He was out. He continues to be out. But that lineup has been incredibly good. And it goes back to showing how good Brunson has been. Bullock missed this game. Frank Nilakina missed this game. Marquise Chris also missed this game. Theo Pinson missed this game. Tim Hardaway Jr. Has, is also obviously still out. Uh, Trey Burke missed this game as well. So Mavericks were a little bit shorthanded, but we got to see some of the new guys again, which is which is good. What did we learn about these two new guys, Spencer Dinwiddie and, and, uh, and Davis Bertans? I think we learned two things. Dinwiddie is playing so safe right now incredibly safe he is not taking any risks he's not risking it for the biscuit he is not trying to do anything outside of his skill set and outside of you know helping Luca pushing forward what the Mavericks want to do which is fine the Mavericks are going to need him to play a little bit risky if they want to go far if they want to win a playoff series if they want to win playoff games they want to make the playoffs you know they're going to have to have him do a little bit more than what he's than what he's doing in this game he had eight points five boards one assist a steal he hit one of his three threes. Uh, he was one of two from the line. Three of hit three of his five shots. Only took five shots. He played thirty minutes. He's playing really, really safe. He's not trying to make mistakes. He's not out there trying to do anything crazy. He's not jacking up a bunch of shots. 
He's playing really, really safe. He's trying to figure out where he fits in. That's the big thing we talked about when they, when they acquired him. Where does Spencer Dinwiddie fit in? Does he fit in with Luka? Does he fit in with Brunson? Does he fit in with both? Well, Jason Kidd decided to do that again. <laughs> we speculated before the trade or when the trade happened that, well, Dinwiddie probably won't play with Luka and Brunson. Guess what? Jason Kidd did it again. He's trying it. This is, it's not a mistake anymore, right? You do it a couple times now. And twice in this game, they had those guys all out there. And once in the first game, they had them all out there. Luka, Dinwiddie, and Brunson. It's a little clunky. If you can get away with it, I guess they're just trying it. They're just th throwing it out there, see what it looks like. It's a little clunky because Dinwiddie's not the best shooter, but the defenders are not leaving Dinwiddie, right? They're not gonna they're not gonna sag off of him as much as they would, you know, Dwight Powell or you know somebody like that, or even Josh Green. Like they're not sagging off of him like that. So you still get the spacing. So you're not missing there. You get extra ball movement, which is which is nice. Spencer Dinwiddie is has been a really good ball move for the last two games. And you get extra, it's a couple extra, you know, penetration. You get, you can throw it over to the other side of the, the, the court. You can swing it around. Dinwiddie can drive. Luka can drive. Brunson can drive. That's something the Mavericks have not had. Three guys like that that can, they can dribble and drive. <laughs> it's just not, it just doesn't ha hasn't happened often. And it's opening some things up for them. I don't think that, that lineup lasts long, but hey, now I'm now two games in and I'm two games wrong about, about that lineup. We'll learn more about it. The defense in that lineup is rough, though. The defense has been pretty rough with those th with those three guys. So Spencer Dinwiddie's been playing really, really safe. He needs to risk a little bit more. He needs to get a little more comfortable in the lineup before we start seeing him try to attack more, try to get some more for himself, call his own number a little bit more, get comfortable. However... <laughs> The inverse of that is Davis Bertans not playing it safe at all. He went one of seven from three. He is just throwing up some threes and he's overcompensating. What was the big conversation about Davis Bertans? Okay. He can shoot from three, obviously, but his defense is terrible. Yes. Through two games, I can confirm what everyone has said that his defense is very bad. If any kind of guard gets switched onto him, the Mavericks have been playing this switching defense, you know, since Porzingis has been gone. And when Porzingis is out of the lineup, they have Dwight Powell and Maxi as their big, so they're able to switch a bunch of stuff. They're able to, you know, switch Dwight in a pick and roll and put him on a guard and just get away with it a little bit until they send a double. You put Davis Bertans in that same situation that you put a Dwight in, you put a Maxi in, he's cooked. I mean, he's just cooked. He he just gets taken straight to the rim, and it's not good. He played Davis played 17 minutes in this game. The Mavs thought they could get away with it. He was only minus two in this so i mean the plus minus he the mavericks are not playing that terribly when he was on the court but if he hits a couple more of those threes it, it it evens out i think i think that the defense the defensive deficiency and the offense what they're going to get from him if he hits some of those threes are going to even out he was not taking wide open threes in this game though these are not like the uh, reggie bullock maxi maxi kleba threes these are like he's on the move he's trying to re relocate he's trying to escape dribble he's trying all kinds of stuff to get some threes up and I think he's overcompensating for his bad defense. So we got to learn a little bit more about Davis Bertans. He's got to get more comfortable too. But I think both of those guys, Dinwiddie and Bertans, have to meet in the middle. Dinwiddie's got to risk a little more. Davis got to play a little more safe on offense a little bit here. But Davis' gravity matters. I don't care if he goes one for seven. His gravity matters. Brunson got a couple of drives to the basket tonight because the defender on Davis Bertans had to stick with him, had to stay home. And so Jalen Brunson gets a one-on-one -on -one and he goes to the basket and he can score one-on-one -on -one anybody in the post. 
He just does that little herky-jerky stuff, gets his, gets his space, and goes. So that's what we learned about these guys. By the way, the Mavericks in the Smoothie King Center, so against the Pelicans this year in the two games they played in New Orleans, averaged 132 points. <laughs> they scored 125 tonight. So they, they averaged 132 points on almost 60% shooting from the field, going 37 of 74 from deep in the two games they played in, in New Orleans this year. I don't know what it is. Jason Kidd said it was the gumbo after the game. Not sure about that, but... They absolutely are torching the Pelicans in New Orleans this year. Coming up, let's get into where the Mavericks are at the All-Star break. The All-Star break is upon us, guys. It's here. Luka's going to be playing in the game. Isaac will have it covered after the game. But where do the Mavericks stand? Where do they stand with the teams around them? Which team is coming for them? Which, which team are the Mavericks coming for? We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. tastes like a candy bar. I'm not lying. This is not an old one that I just keep holding up every time. This is a brand new one I got today because I ate the other one. I also ate a Puffs bar today, but I threw that wrapper away. They're delicious. They're great. They're good for you. They're built different, as Josh Lloyd has coined now. Built bar, absolutely built different. They're great. They're delicious. This coconut brownie chunk bar is the best one that you can get. They're great. You can go order them. They have the Puffs bars that have some marshmallow in them. I would try a box with a bunch of different ones. Go ahead and check out um, the Coconut Brownie Chunk, the Raspberry. Get a 12-box mixed bar. Just try all of them at first. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get that 12 flavors bar, and you you get that 12-flavor box. You can try all of them, and then get the ones that you want after that. So go check it out, Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, Isaac, let's get into the end here. Talking about where the Mavericks stand. Dallas Mavericks going into this all-star break are 11 games over 500. Who would have thought? Who would have thought at certain points in this season the way that some of us, including myself maybe, were talking about this team and how they were playing? At one point in this season, the Mavericks were 16 and 18. That was December 29th. December 29th, this Mavericks team was 16 and 18. And we were just looking at it going, man, did they did they make a mistake running it all back? Did they just make a mistake not going in, going all in for some kind of move, doing something? And uh now the Mavericks did something. They traded away Kristaps Porzingis. He was hurt for a lot of that time. But the Mavericks have gone on an absolute tear with him and without him. It's not all Porzingis. I'm not trying to say that. But since December 29th, when the Mavericks, when the Mavericks were 16 and 18, this team has been really, really good. They have the third best record in the NBA since in this time. They are 19 and six in that in this stretch since they started the season 16 and 18, shooting 36 percent from three. It's pretty good. That is sixth in the NBA over this stretch. They've been really good. They've been on this tear here, and I kind of wonder if this is the team that the Mavericks is. It's Because it's been almost about two months now that the Mavericks have been this team. They played really, really good defense. Over the same stretch, the Mavericks have the second-best defense in the NBA. The Boston Celtics have had the number one defense. Number three is Oklahoma City. That's wild. They're 6-18, and 18, though. Their offense is just putrid. Their offense is so bad, but their defense is actually really good. The Mavs have played them a couple times, and they learned that. But the Mavs have had the second-best defense, and the second-best defense by a big margin. Celtics are uh, allowing 101 points per 100 possessions. Mavericks allowing 104 points. 
Oklahoma City allowing 108 points. So there's a there's a gap there. If you're going to put him in tiers, Boston has been the number one defense since December 30th. The Mavericks have been the number two tier. And then you put like Oklahoma City with the Suns, the Heat, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Sixers, and probably the Cavs and Raptors in a, in a tier under there. So it, it's it's not been particularly close. This is what this Mavericks team is now. Do we have enough of a sample size to know that they're a great defense? I need to see a little bit more without Porzingis, I think, against different teams. We've seen him against some bad teams here. He saw it against the Heat, which was good, but we, we need to, I need to see a little bit more before I say, okay, this Mavericks defense is definitely here to stay post-Porzingis. Because Porzingis was playing really well on defense. He was their rim protector. Mavericks don't have that anymore. They have Maxi, who's been good, but he's not the, it's not the same. And it's not the same as having both of those guys for sure either. But if you look at the standings, the Mavericks are 35 and 24. They're fifth in the West. They are a game and a half back from the Jazz. The Jazz got that awful loss against the Lakers. Awful. Did I just put an accent on there? Awful. Just an awful, awful loss to this to the Lakers. Now it's now it's turning Australian. I'm not really sure what I'm doing with that. Jazz got a, had a bad loss, so they're only a, they're only a game and a half up on the Mavericks. The Mavericks can catch them. Going into the second this this last stretch of the season here, the Mavs can catch them. However, the Nuggets are surging as well. The Nuggets are right behind the Mavericks. They're a game and a half back from the Mavericks. The Nuggets got a really good win the other night against the Warriors too. And they're not going to get Jamal Murray right back after the All-Star break. But he's starting to practice. So he it's looming. Jamal Murray is looming for that Nuggets team. And when he comes back, that's a team that just nobody wants to face in the playoffs. The Mavericks should not want to face them. Isaac and I have talked about and debated. Would you rather play Utah? Would you rather play Memphis? You just don't want to play the Nuggets. <laughs> That's the one team where you're like, I don't want any part of that Nuggets team. I'd rather I'd rather the Mavericks fall the sixth than play Memphis than be in that four or five against the Nuggets. Because Jokic is just absolutely having an incredible season. The Mavericks would have zero answer for him. And then with Murray back, they've added a couple of shooters here with Bryn Forbes and I guess I guess Rivers a little bit. But and Aaron Gordon would be tough for the Mavs too with that athleticism. That would be just really hard for the Mavs. The Jazz, though, <laughs> the Locked On NBA host reassured me today when we were talking about some stuff. They're like, oh, don't worry. The Jazz suck. You guys got this. <laughs> when they saw our episode yesterday that was, can the Mavs still win a first-round series? So I appreciate that. Outside of that, you have the, the, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies that are like eight games back from the Suns. The Mavericks are 13 and a half games back. So that, that's a pretty big gap right there. That's what, five and a half games the Mavericks are back from the Grizzlies? It's not insurmountable. The Grizzlies, I'm not putting it past the Grizzlies as a young team to maybe go on a little bit of a rut at some point. And the Mavericks could, could catch them. Doesn't seem likely. But it's not that big of a gap where they're like just untouchable. Like those top two teams in the West, the Mavericks can't touch them at this point. I mean, it would be really hard for me to see the Mavericks make up a, um, you know, a 13 and a half game stretch against the Suns. The Warriors, though, they've been sliding a little bit here. The Mavericks are seven games back from them. That's not insurmountable either. It's pretty, that's pretty big, but it's not completely insurmountable either. Grizzlies looking at this last, last stretch here. They're, they're, <laughs> their schedule is not hard at all. They play Minnesota, Chicago, San Antonio, Boston, Orlando, Houston, New Orleans, the Knicks, the Thunder, the Pacers. I mean, that stretch right there. They play, they play San Antonio, 
Boston, Orlando, Houston, New Orleans, New York, the Thunder, the Pacers, and the Hawks, and then the the Rockets again. Like that stretch right there, they they should probably go on a like a, a nice little uh, ten game win streak right there. <laughs> the Grizzlies should. So I don't think the Mavs are probably catching the catching the 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 Grizzlies, but hey, crazier things have happened. That's where the Mavericks stand. They've they've got this new identity. Luca has been incredibly awesome. The new guys are still trying to figure out how they fit into this team. But if they figure out, if Jason Kidd figures out how to use Spencer Dinwiddie correctly, he starts playing really well. That takes that gives the Mavericks another gear that they can that they can use, and another gear they're going to need to try and catch some of these teams. So that's where the Mavericks stand at the All Star break. Mavericks get a win against the Pelicans. Mavs fans can feel good. You can feel good going into this All Star break, and not you know woe is me. The Mavericks have no future. They have nothing to, to go for. Uh, Mavericks can still win a first round playoff series here. That's still the goal. The Mavericks are still there. We'll be here to break it all down. Isaac will have the post game after the all-star break. And I will be back after that. I'm taking a trip to Pennsylvania to see some family. And so I will be there this weekend. Guys, we appreciate everybody that has supported us throughout this, you know, trade deadline. And to this point, the all-star break, man, it's wild, but the season's not done yet. And I'm excited for some more Mavs games. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs.